Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The return to glory. Oh, wow. <laughs> What's up, man? Look where we find ourselves again. <laughs> it's been, what, three months? Yeah, something like that. Way too long. Maybe maybe a little bit more. Uh, how's it going, Mike? How you been? I've been good, man. I've been, uh, I don't know. I don't even know where to start. I've been pretty busy. <laughs> I, I hear you. I, I hear you loud and clear. Let's start off with, uh, well, I'm still like kind of waking up here. Let's start off with catching up with you. What's been going on in the world of, in the world of Dave? Catching up with me since you haven't had your coffee yet. Um, speaking of which, I haven't been drinking much coffee these days. Um, I got my own concoction of waking up in the morning, though. Um, little protein shake and athletic greens. But anywho, uh, starting off with me, I am currently in Springfield, Ohio. Uh, now the head golf coach of the men's team and women's team at Wittenberg University. So that's big news. Uh, a lot has been going on since last time we were on air and recording the show. Um, I honestly don't know where to start, so I'm just going to start picking things up that come to mind like in the last three months. Uh, <laughs> I got hacked. My Instagram got hacked. Um, do we talk about that? No, we haven't talked about that. No. So IG got hacked, and then... I also got hacked uh, one of my bank accounts and lost uh, about $700. So that was nice. And that was all in like one day. So it was was wonderful. Um, But a lot of good good stuff's happened. Like I haven't been playing much golf, haven't been competing much. I haven't played in a tournament since – uh, the Sault Ste. Marie Invitational and the best ball. I think before that, it was the Ohio Open in July. Uh, simply put, I ran out of money to play golf, and some things in my financial life were kind of panning out a certain way, and I had to go, go basically either make money and save up some money and like play in tournaments a little less sporadically and do it um, do it a different way. So that's kind of like where where we're going now. So I'm going to be coaching for this season and see how this year goes and probably do it for indefinitely and uh, just compete in the winter and sprint in the summertime and fall and spring is a uh, is, uh, college golf for for the student athletes you know for the guys and gals but it's been a blast so far doing it i love it um if there's anything that i could do without touching it playing and competing myself it's probably this is up there at the top of the list um it's fun still going to the tournaments and competing even though you don't have the um, the golf club in your hands, but like, dude, like it's still like the, the hunger and drive is still there to get back out there and want to play. But just got a just got a few things that I got to take care of in in the morning and afternoon before I can attend to it myself this this time of year. So August, September, October, a little busy for me. Same with February, March, April, um, into May. Not really February, um, but more so March, April, May. That's that's how it's going now. That's sick, dude. So are you cur- are you currently in season right now? Yeah, guys have played one event, and their schedule is a little weird. So they had an event the first weekend of school, and now they don't have one until uh, this Sunday. So they go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday at the NCAA Division Three preview, national championship preview. Um, the girls have had two events. They've already like improved massively. Um, top fifty percent, seventh place finish in their first um, first tournament. 
and then they got second place in their last one. So they got their third tournament coming up this weekend as well, starting Sunday and going into Monday. Um, so hopefully they can they can do something special and maybe improve on that second place finish and get a get a W. So uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. And then uh, the guys won their first event. I forgot to mention they won that at Granville Golf Club or Denison Golf Club. What was Granville Golf Club? And uh, yeah, they were the, off to a good start. What's the travel like? It's kind of like this fall. I mean. Denison's tournament, both the guys and girls went out there and they were only like two hours away. And then Tiffin was the last event location of the event for the girls. And they, uh, they were what two hours away from campus as well, too. So Worcester is going to be about three hours for the girls. And then we have our home tournament. Uh, guys, they're going to Lexington, so that's three hours of travel. And then they're going to Indianapolis the week after that. So, I mean, that's only two hours and change. So it's a pretty light travel schedule. Springtime will be a little bit more heavy with uh, road time or air time. Uh, spring breaks in Savannah, looking to go to Virginia for an event and Alabama as well. There's a few events that'll be Indianapolis again, I believe, and like kind of like a couple hours drive, a couple hours with drive to those locations. Um, conference championships at Westfield Country Club, so that's three hours away. No, is that too bad? No. So it's like not, not terrible. We're not flying across the country or anything like that. Um, it would be cool to do that, but right now we're we're just staying close, competing in, in the events nearby us. It helps at the national championships at Champions Trace where they play the Barbasol. So one, I caddied for Daniel there in the Barbasol, which I can throw that into what's been going on with me. Daniel got into the <laughs> Barbasol and I caddied for him. Um, played well, missed the cut, but uh, he's close, very, very close going to break through and make the cut and get himself a top 10 here soon so yeah they they go there and honestly like with all that being said like caddying for daniel and the barbasol with the national championship being at the course or with that being the host course of the national championship uh playing the ohio open and playing halfway decent at westfield uh, and the conference championship being there this year and for the time for the years to come it was all just kind of like uh, like omens and writings on the wall that this is an opportunity to to t- to kind of seize and see where it goes. So um, I'm a follower of signs and omens, and I think you you know that, and some <laughs> of the viewers are aware of that already. But yeah, I follow my gut and everything else that comes with it, and. Uh, yeah, seeing stuff like that was kind of like, all right, oh, well, perhaps I should, I should investigate this open this this job opportunity at Wittenberg, and um, it's been it's been great ever since taking it. I've been busy as hell, but you know, like I said, like I'm only gonna be like going for so long, and then it kind of like slows down a little bit, you know got time to focus on my own game i can still go out there and play and practice with the teams like i I got a golf club in my hands every day which is great that's sick i mean what more can you ask for you know that's yeah that's good man anything else not that i can think of right now (laughs) Just, uh, just a lot's been going down ever like this this summer has been one big moving uh it just felt like it's it was been it was one like big moving i don't know you can edit this part out but <laughs> no <Or> good <laughs> or don't. No, I, don't, I, I have no i have no words for this summer for the most part it was just it was just high energy you know yeah i feel that no i feel like the summer flew by yeah, so I yeah. guess we can we can get into what I've been up to, but I think last time we talked, 
I had like a little bit of a foot injury going on and I just started playing like some of the best golf I've, I've played in a long time. Um, pretty sure I played in the golden state event and shot nine under in a two day event came in like came in third and then had this foot thing. I couldn't put a shoe on for about a month without it just being in so much pain. And then finally, once I started getting better, I kind of, it's been a little bit of a, uh, a journey to get my, my game back. Um, kind of completely lost my swing, you know, getting, once you take like that much time off, it's, uh, it takes a minute to get back, you know? So yeah. I've been, you know, really working hard, trying to get back to doing what I was doing and keeping everything simple and not overthinking it. But I haven't really been playing that much. I've been doing some traveling. I was in, I was in New York. I was in uh, Hawaii. I was in, I think I came back to Cincinnati for a second. I mean, I've been kind of all over the place, but really just trying to get my game back. And I started up playing a full schedule come October. So I have two events in Monterey and then I'm doing Latin America Q school and I'm doing, uh, you know, more events like the golden state just merged with Asher golf. Did you hear about this? No, I didn't. You know what Asher golf is, right? Yeah, I am aware. Yeah. So Asher, I think just bought the naming rights for golden state. So it's now called the Asher tour. I'm just going to be doing a bunch of those latin america q school that i'm actually doing asia tour q school in november no shit nice yeah. good for you yeah so i'm really just i don't know my head's been straight down and running forward with with practice and everything and uh just trying to put in just trying to get my stuff back and you know make it even better kind of get back on track this is all so vague but um i haven't really been doing much but practicing and doing a little bit of traveling. So that's kind of in my life. Nothing's really changed. Um, I just, I mean, I, we haven't been on because our schedules have been so hectic, you know, so yeah, trying to get back. Even get in touch with each other. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the three hour difference doesn't help. And then you're kind of, you have a lifestyle change. I'm trying to get my life back together. And, um, and yeah, yeah, so. I'm doing that too. Yeah, I mean, for sure. So I'm just trying to get my get my main focus is trying to get my my game back, and it's it's trending in the right direction. I'm starting to feel better and better every day. But you know, golf uh, we fight golf tendencies all the time. So yeah, I mean, there's really nothing new with me. But come October, my schedule's up on my website, mikewolfgolf.com. If you want to follow along. Uh, there's going to be some, I'm going to be adding events and playing as much as I can. So, uh, so yeah. And then I've been, you know, football season's here. Excited about that. (laughs) Yeah. Finally, finally some real sports. Yeah, that's true. Some real sports. I agree. I got to ask, like, I heard for the first time somebody say S-Z-N and it made me cringe. The season thing? Yes. That's been a thing for a long time. <laughs> well, I know it's been a thing for a long time, but when they say just straight up SZN, not season. Um, wait, wait. They they, S, they said, I heard someone say, like on a video, say like, it's like Gaines SZN. Shut the heck up. Oh, uh, that's bad. Yeah, it's not good. It's not an acronym, you know? <laughs> no. Well, it's football SZN, so I'm ex- excited about that. <laughs> Me too. Even though the Bengals look look tough, but uh, we're talking about they won a game. They're going to the Super Bowl. Super they, Bowl they, Here we go. Here we go. The the Bengals <laughs> hysteria, but uh, the one thing I like mainly wanted to talk about was, I mean, so much has happened with like the live and PGA Tour. And so much has happened and so many people have been talking about it that, like, you know, you've heard, like, all the Billy Horschel comments, right? Oh, yeah, and all the shit that went down in um, the BMW championship. Well, what went down? 
Well, I, I think it was Ian Poulter or I can't recall if it was Poulter or Westwood, but they got into a heated exchange of words with Billy Horschel. It was Poulter. Yeah. Okay. Here, here's the thing, dude. And this is, this is why, this is why talk like everyone in the PGA tour, the people who work for the PGA tour, why it hurts them talking about the live tour so much. I had no clue that the president's cup was last weekend until I started seeing a bunch of posts about it on Instagram because I couldn't stop seeing Billy Horschel talk about the live golf tour. And the fact that he feels so strongly about it drives me insane because this fucking guy wins. It's easy for him to say when he wins the FedEx cup, number one, because he gets like what? $15 million. Two, after the FedEx, uh, after the playoffs were over, there's an article that came out that said all the sponsors are either based in Saudi or it's Saudi money for the FedEx Cup. Did you know about that? No. Oh, my God. It was like a Golf Digest article. And it was like, this doesn't look good for whoever the fucking uh, commissioner is. What's his name? Jay Monahan. Yeah. Let me try to find it real quick. I'm looking but, it up right now. The inside story of Blue versus PGA Tour money, innovation, and loyalty. Um, is this it? It's the. It, it should say FedEx Cup. I think. I think it was Golf Digest, but you know, I really should have this prepared. But um. But just Sorry, like the we're hip- jumping back into it, we're kicking off the rest today. Clearly. Yeah. So just the hip- hypocrisy of all this, and and just to talk about it to nauseam that like it overshadows what should be a big weekend for you know for golf and honestly for the PGA Tour since only PGA Tour guys are playing it so yeah I don't know I just I just find it exhausting and especially guys like Billy Horschel who he's not the most well liked guy on tour number one and um, I think he said something like people are saying that I only made the team because DJ and Brooks aren't here and all I could think of is like well yeah you wouldn't be on the team if DJ or Brooks were here well let's look up the President's Cup roster because I'll tell you who would and would not be on the team from live right so you got DJ Brooks Bryson yeah yeah. Um, yeah. Anybody I'm missing? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> let's, look, well, let's look it up. Um, I'm trying to find info teams. So the international team took a big hit. I'm looking live golf. Well, that's another thing. The internet. I I looked up that uh. The international team has won one time since 1998. Correct. So, like, the President's Cup has never even been – I don't know. I, I, I just can't get myself to, like, get up and and uh, root for the U.S., especially with the whole live stuff. Like, come on, just give it a rest. I'm, I'm just honestly tired of hearing it. It's, it's, it's weird. It is. Okay, so so here are some potential presidents cuppers that are now no longer because they're on live. Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, mm. Bryson DeChambeau, uh, Matthew Wolf. I would not really include in there. No. Harold Barner. I'd no. maybe throw him in the mix. Brooks Kepka. No. Jason Kilcrack. Maybe Jason. I'm but. saying of all those names I, I threw out there, five potentially can take that spot can take spots on the President's Cup team. Whereas you have Patrick Cantlay, yes. Sam Burns, eh. Justin Thomas, yes. Scotty Schumper, yes. Xander Schumper, yes. Sam Burns. 
Sam Burns is like top ten in the world. Yeah, you're right. He did have a good year. I've been kind of living under a rock in a sense. Um, okay, so like, look at the let's go down the list of uh, Presidents Cuppers then: Sam Burns, Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, Tony Finau, Cameron Young. I don't think he'd be on the team. Billy Horschel, Colin Morikawa, Kevin Kisner, Jordan Spieth, Max Homa. I'd say Spieth would be out. Um, Homa probably. No, Spieth, Spieth would get picked no matter what. It's not a captain's picks? Yeah, yeah. He's, I still think it's a damn good team, though. It's a good team for sure, but Kisner, I don't think Kisner or Horschel will be on it. But I found the article that says entire PJ. It's, it's on ProGolfWeekly.com. And the title is Entire PGA Tour Playoffs Sponsored by Saudi Arabia uh, and Allied Brands. So if you want to look up this article, it's ProGolfWeekly.com. Just type, I just typed in FedEx Cup Playoffs, Saudi Money. Okay. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it basically just ties like every company that's a uh, – Big sponsor on the PGA or on the, in the FedEx Cup playoffs has has a role in Saudi Arabia, and so if we're going to sit here and and talk about m- morality, then I mean, come on, what are we doing? But yeah, I also well, I I've like, also heard. Go ahead. I think like the only thing it's it's not going to hurt like the American teams like America will always be all right because it's like next man up. There's so many big golfers like you can. Well, lose, I'm not worried like, about that. DJ and Patrick Reed, but like the international squads, there's what's gonna what's gonna take a big hit. Like going back to this list, like let's look at it. Abraham Answer, Carlos Ortiz, Cameron Smith, Mark Leishman, not Jones, not really. Louis Ustazen. Brandon Grace, Charles Schwartzel, like they lost like a lot more guys to the live tour. And because of that, like they had to take like Christian Bazenta or like Cam Davis. Like usually these guys would not be competing in like US Open sectional qualifying, but like I definitely saw Cam Davis at Springfield Country Club back in June, you know. Same with um, a couple of these guys, I want to say. Yeah. Mito Mito Piera did pretty good in the PGA. He played well, got a good finish, and he didn't, like, get the job done, but it's his first time in that situation. The only guys that, like, that weren't rookies, I think Siwoo Kim, Sebastian Munoz, Adam Scott, Corey Connors, Hideki, and Sanjay. So they have like a lot of like rookies on that team. I think that uh, I think that it'll even out. It'll kind of balance out. Perhaps Live will be like the international tour and like the international team from here on out, and it'll just be represented by like all right instead of like uh, who knows. Maybe we'll have like inner tour kind of battle maybe it'll start turning into like soccer you know where they have like the premier league and who knows i mean i don't really know where it's gonna go still still trying to like wait and see i don't think we're gonna know for another like year 18 months like what live will actually be they're gonna try to be a thing for as long as they can be um but i also heard they're only getting like 90,000 views for each youtube they don't views have a, for each round they don't have a tv deal yet i mean that's obviously going to be the case but once they once they, once some company comes in and is like we'll play you guys because it, i think it is popular and i think people do want to watch it but like some of the like bad arguments like there's some people who are against it that i've actually met but they're not against it fully. They're just like, they're only getting guys that are at the end of their career. And, and that's like, it's really at the end of his career. Let me tell you, same with Chase Kapka and Bryson DeChambeau. Matt Wolf is 25 and yeah, Bryce, I mean, 
DJ, I think, is one of the most talented players on the tour. Brooks is still very young. I mean, it's just such a bet. Like, Abram answer too. Cam Smith. Like, like, these people. I mean, obviously, there's guys like Phil and Pat Perez, but they're still playing on the fucking PGA Tour. Yeah. And if you want to talk about strength of uh, strength of fields, like, the majors – a lot of the times don't have as strong as field as strong as a field as a PGA tour event. Like the masters. Yeah. I mean, if Mike Weir can play in the masters every year, like what are we talking about? You know? So I don't know. just, there's just some bad arguments and there's a lot of hypocrisy going on. And someone tried to tell me, someone tried to say the money thing. And I'm just like, do you put gas in your car? Do you wear Nike golf shoes? Do you, you have an iPhone, like all that stuff. There's no morality behind making that, and you still go around acting like you're doing all the right things. I mean, I, I just like who who wouldn't who would say no to even five million dollars up front? You know, like it's also only sport that people don't get paid guaranteed money and now that the PGA Tour is being forced to hand now they're is, aren't they getting a certain amount of money every year if you get your card if you keep your card I think so and you know what like it should be like that like I golf is one of the few sports where you do have to like pay your own way and then you get paid like you are the player coach owner when it comes down to it like in the NFL, like these football players, they don't have to pay to get to Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. You know, they don't. They don't have to. Like the team's taking care of that for them. Like the organization, and like there's a system and structures, and like there's a cash flow that's coming in, whether it's from ticket sales or something else relating to the sport and the organization, program, whatever, or like even maybe even the venue. Perhaps I think the Bengals have like had part ownership of Paul Brown Stadium for a while until they turned it over to Paycor this year. And so, like, they made, like, a little chunk off of, like, whatever happened. Don't quote me on that, but, like... No, they they, say, uh, they sold the naming rights to help pay for Joe Burrow's contract coming up. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, here, here's the deal, though. It's... um. It's just it's just annoying to talk about all the time, and it's it, it honestly like like I said before, I didn't even know the Presidents Cup was going on this week because I just kept seeing seeing all these like live golf stuff, all this live golf stuff. And I haven't watched any live golf events. I didn't watch any of the Presidents Cup. I mean, you know, I don't I don't really watch golf, but I will it, say live golf is fun to watch. But it's not going to be something I tune into while it's live, usually. If I see it going on, like, sure, I'll watch it. But, like, I, I will say it is entertaining. It has an entertainment factor to it because you have, like, constant golf nonstop. And they have a, they basically have a camera on somebody hitting a shot at all times. That's great. Because they I only mean, have that five-hour window they need to have, like, three or four cameras on a golf hole, you know? And, like, that's all you need. You need – and – it doesn't it sounds like a lot, but when the they're throwing out the money they're putting up, like it's nothing to them. And like that's why it is it is kinda like a little like it's a seed right now that's just sprouting. But I think it's gonna we'll see how it comes about in the next year and a half, like I said. Yeah, I mean, once they get a TV deal, I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's going to, like, compete against the PGA Tour. I think it's always going to do a little less of the numbers, kind of how the European Tour was. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm just just Billy Horschel. Like, I used to enjoy watching him play. Now I can't stand looking at the guy. It's like, come on, dude. Just give it a fucking break. I mean... There's people that are going to be passionate about their own things. So, yeah, but maybe let's not point fingers. You know, let's just agree. Like if just you watch, fucking... if you watch basketball, 
you want you support the NBA. Half the money comes from China, and we all know China isn't exactly the gold standard of human rights. So, like, what are we talking about? So I, I don't know. And then him like going up to Ian Poulter, Ian Poulter going up to him. Like we don't need this. Like they're forty. They're over forty. <laughs> so stupid. It's so stupid. Right. But um, did you did you watch the Presidents Cup? Not much. I mean, honestly, like I had myself a fun weekend. I played Oakmont for the first time. Oh really? So I was more in tune with that. Like I was following it. Like my coaches or the assistant coaches and I, we were we were kind of like had we had it on our phones or like Nick would update me throughout like the car ride on the way to Pittsburgh about like what's going on and when we were going back. Like we had like we were watching like the the closing match, so. Yeah, I was a little bit with it, but like I wasn't following it too closely. But Oakmont was just—I was just more focused on that. That was so fun. I never felt That's more so like a sick. fool on the greens in my life. Dude, it's the hardest golf course I've ever played. I'd probably say the same thing. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't know if it's. Part of me says. Part of me wants to believe it's not fair, because if you miss the fairway, you're essentially just chipping out and then the other part of me the other part of me is saying it's just like one of those courses that's so difficult and so demanding that just got to be on your game i shot seven the last time i played there i shot 72 and i felt like i shot 65 yeah it just stresses like good good ball striking good putting like every part of your golf game is tested there yeah, I love golf courses like that. If yeah. you if you can't get on the green, like I don't, or like if you can't access a certain part of the green from like a spot that you hit to, then like I think that that's great because like that takes away like having to have trees on the golf course, you know. And that's why Oakmont can have that. And that's why it is what it is. Like, God, so uh, it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. An Allegheny Country Club we played the next day. It was it's like a it's like a little Oakmont. A little bit hillier Oakmont. It, it reminded me of like Oakmont's Pinehurst number two. And Allegheny mm-hmm. Country Club is like Mid Pines. Because Mid Pines is very, very I feel like I'm you feel like you're playing like a like a like a shrunken more dog leg bendy version of Pinehurst number two when you play mid pines. And that's exactly what you feel like when you're playing Allegheny as well, too. You still get those crazy greens. Um, you get those like downhill front to back greens. Uh, and you also get these like short drivable ones that are right next to like country club road, which is out of bounds. And it's in the <laughs> middle of nowhere in Sewickley amazing like you gotta like drive like 10 minutes in like into like the start of the mountains to to access it and then it's like boom there that's dope dude and they got a uh they got a dormy club looking logo i love a lot it's it's like the dormy logo but like a checkered green and white flag i had a dormy club hat for so long do you remember that yeah i do Oh man, I love that golf course. Yeah, but I'm not I sure. Oh, the I best golf course is good. I don't know. I'm. I've been um, away from Dormy for for quite some time now. So, yeah, that hasn't been a thing for me for a while. What's that? Working a Dormy club. I don't know if we established that or not, but. That yeah. happened early in the journey. I think we maybe covered that like back in like the last cu- last pod or something. But yeah, yeah. I mean, how's it? How's your game feeling? Like, are you, are you even playing a lot? I mean, not like as much as you you know like, but I played like seven. I played eight holes yesterday, 
in like practice like it's cool like i'm i'm transitioning into like a i'm playing also like teaching kind of like what i'm doing for yoga i'm practicing also teaching um so it was like it was pretty easy transition in a sense just because it was in front of me i had done it before um but no i mean i'm i'm coaching the kid the the players a lot like i'll have a club in my hands i might make a couple swings every like 20 30 minutes like if we're doing range work um or unless i'm playing like i'll play with them but it's it's not yeah i just i'm just my mentality is keep a club in my hand and be ready for whatever i gotta do whatever shot it is and like i might not i might not have warmed up or i might be rusty because i haven't made a swing in an hour but i'm still gonna like do it to the best of my ability work on concentrating um but yeah i mean the the repetitive practice or like the practicing on my for myself for two three four hours five hours um that's gone to the wayside for a while and that's not going to be around for probably until October, mid October. And I'm okay with that. Like it's just given me an opportunity to kind of sort things or out and organize stuff in my life, like get on track, like financially, like I said, and um, come back out stronger than ever. So like next time I do, the next time I am competing and playing professionally full time year round, I won't have to worry about running out of money or like in the next couple of months, if I don't make a paycheck, like I'm going to have to go back to the caddy yard. Like I don't want to have to worry about that anymore. And that's one motivating factor for taking this coaching position. It was secondary primary is more so like, yeah, it's enjoyment of self and also for myself, but also like giving back to, um, giving back to other golfers that are developing their game too, yeah. as well as, um, yeah, just leading and showing a good example. Sorry, that's I'd, sick, man. Yeah. And that's my Ted talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But you have like the kind of golf game where you're not like super technical and you keep things fairly simple. So getting your no. stuff back is, it's not going to be very difficult. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I try to tap into four fundamentals and I rely on those and kind of teach those to to my students when I'm coaching them. Yeah. And like, I, the, the improvement's already gotten great. Like, there's one girl who hadn't broken 100 on the team and she, bro- she did it for the first time in the last tournament. Um, and then another one broke 80 for the first time in a college event. So, like, seeing that unfold and happen and, like, being a part of that and, like, knowing, like, you're encouraging them or, like, helping them in any way possible, that's kind of, like, that's rewarding in and of itself, you know? Yeah. No, it's good. Keeping it simple, something I've always struggled with, I mean – when I was, I started, I tried to play in a few events in August and like I, like I said, I just completely lost my game and then I started making it really difficult and I was thinking I needed to make like these big technical uh, changes and while I was trying to go through these changes, my, <clears throat> my game was just getting worse, you know, I mean, I know you have to get worse to get better, but all I could think of is like, I just feel like I'm wasting my time doing this. You know, and if you just kind of stick with with what's worked in the past and keeping it as simple as possible, I think that's the best route. And I honestly need to listen to my own advice more often. But, um, I, for example, I basically do like one drill, and that's just like you know staying connected with a towel, like a towel drill. I'll put a I'll put a dream catcher towel under my arms and. And, you know, hit some wedges with that and uh, <laughs> hit some wedges with that and then, you know, just kind of hit shots in the range. I don't – we've talked about this a lot. I don't enjoy <clears> – I don't really like playing golf by myself because I feel like I, – I mean, I do and I don't. I just feel like I can't get into it and 
um, you know, then sometimes you're at mercy of like the pace of play of the day and you're hitting one shot every 10 minutes. But I just kind of, I feel like I get a lot better on the range and on the practice screens. And then, you know, every now and then I'll go out on the course, hit some shots, but I feel like I, when it comes to me and my game to kind of get ready, I just need to play in a bunch of events and then eventually, you know, things just start falling together. Like I've been telling, I I keep telling Sonny, like I'm a month away. Like once I get a few tournaments under my, under my belt, like I'll be, I'll be back, but you don't really know where you stand until you, you know, until you put it into some kind of test or competition, but you're kind of, I feel like you're very similar to that where, you're just like, I just need to, you know, kind of do a few drills to get my feel back and hit some putts and play in some events. Yeah, most definitely. To me, like, not playing for this period of time, not competing personally and just coaching, like, all I need is a little bit of time. Like, I just look back at Tiger and I think, like, man, if this guy can break his back, get surgery, and come back and – 15 months is that what it was yeah like i think i think i can i think i'll be all right you know like you need to i need to have that same mentality that he does in order to kind of like to climb back but i know i have that and i can access that um but there's a point in time where you got to kind of reserve that energy and that's right now for me yeah i mean Everyone has their own their own method, you know. Like I talked to Brennan Walsh a lot about his game, and he just moved back to Cincinnati, and he's been sending me some videos, and me and him have a good exchange back and forth because we both. He he's a very athletic player as well, but I know a lot of like. To to my detriment, I know a lot about the golf the golf swing and. He's, like I said, a very athletic guy, so we kind of butt heads about that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I don't really do the technical side. I just think I, – I've always said that the, once you kind of get to the level that we're at, being technical is about 5%. Like as long as you just get some kind of matchup and you can hit the shot or just get it, you know, a consistent ball flight, you don't really need to be that, that technical – no, not not so much. I mean, you just like you said, match it up, and it it makes that much of a difference. Is uh is Daniel technical? No, no. no. I, I haven't really talked to your brother that much, but he seems like he just kind of like you guys are. I think have very similar golf swings, but but you get I don't know. You, you guys don't seem like the technical type of family. No, our coach was pretty, pretty simplistic, and like those four, four fundamental things that I fall back on, he kind of instilled in me. So what's that? What are those four fundamental things? Oh, it's a secret. I said I have to kill you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I'll lose some clientele, but that's all right. Not really. No, I'm all for um, sharing information. So. Um, four swing keys and like for like fundamentals in a golf swing, my opinion are one, and this is what Bob Harrison instilled in me. So I can't take full credit for it. Um, you take away and making sure you're loaded when you get to the top of your swing, it doesn't matter how you get there, but as long as like you're in that position of, of being loaded and, uh, ready to like take that club down and like deliver it to the ball. That's number one. Number two is from there is your transition. So making sure you have a smooth transition and good tempo down. So transition, tempo, however you want to think of it, that's number two. Number three is making sure you have good impact through the ball, whether or not your hands your hands are um, ahead of the ball, you're thinking in that aspect, or you're um, getting through the golf ball with um, – club face club path like you can determine your golf your your ball flight at your impact how you deliver the club to the ball and then the final one 
is um, your finish, making sure you have a balanced finish and like you're not swinging out of your shoes. So the best golf swings always come from using the ground. And, and that's where all the power comes from in golf for anyone that doesn't really know how to use the ground. It's, it's very beneficial. I mean, Mike, you and I have been doing that for a while. That's why we hit the golf ball so far. So. <laughs> no, I like that. But yeah, those Honestly. are the four swing keys, um, load, transition, impact, and balance. Honestly, I, I know I sent you, uh, or we kind of talked about what we were going to talk about in this pod, but this kind of gave me a good idea just to kind of give people insights to, to our game. But I wanted to ask what's your biggest tendency flaw. So when I say that, like what's like one thing that always seems to come back in your game that you need to fix and how do you fix it? Ball position and alignment. Really? Yeah. Like my alignment, not so much. Um, I've learned to love to be open. Like if I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna be anything, like I'd rather be open than closed. Like I'd rather Dude, be pointed way left than pointed way right. We need to put that on a t-shirt. If I'm gonna be anything, I'm gonna be open. That could mean. That's, <laughs> that's a deep. That's a deep ass quote. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, Johnny Miller won at Oakmont, shooting the shooting the best round ever, apparently sixty three. To uh, and what he said before the round was like, "I'm just going to open my stance because like nothing feels right." And to me, yeah. like golf is played underhand. I had a coach tell me that, not Bob, but another coach in college. Um, he was teaching here in Springfield for a while. Now he's down in Sebastian, Florida. John Wilkinson. He told me once, like, golf is a game played underhand. I'm like, all right, okay. Like, I was in college. I didn't really understand it, but I, like, took it in. I was like, yeah, yeah, all right. And it didn't really make sense to me. It didn't click to me until I started working on my chipping a certain way this year. And I, I saw Webb Simpson, like, at the Colonial, like, on TV. And he had, like, he was chipping, and he had his right toe pointed left of his golf ball. And so, like if you think of it in that way, he was open and had the ball in the back of his stance so much that he was literally just like throwing a cornhole bag onto the, onto the board, you know? And so I was like, man, like I should try that. And so obviously like, you're not going to be underhanding a golf swing. You can't do it. It's impossible. You, you have to have two clubs on it, but there is a compromise of happy medium from doing that and like a baseball swing, you know, or like, or like having everything right in front of you. Every, everybody thinks like it's all like rotational, but it's also underhand as well too. That's why so many good players are able to play underhand, whether it's like hitting a draw or like being super open and just coming through it with speed and playing a power fade, you know, like on Cabrera, for example, another Oakmont champion. Um, he played super open, played a big power cut. And that's basically how he played golf was swinging underhand. So quote unquote underhand. Um, this isn't something that I would like instill in like a, a, a client or a student for my, for coaching right away. But um <laughs> I don't do think Anna Cabrera was I do, but I don't think Anna Cabrera was the best uh <laughs> No, but he example. wanted Oakmont. He wanted Oakmont. He played a power fade. He Did wanted, you hear what happened to him? He won the Masters. Oh yeah, I know. He's he's okay, not, okay. <laughs> he's sitting in an Argentinian jail cell right now. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, no, I know. I mean they're thinking about starting a, a longest yard Argentina. Yeah, golf it's gonna be yeah, it's a live golf 2.0. Yeah. Talk about the longest yard. Anyway, uh, yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, I would say I think everyone kind of goes in and out with alignment, you know, and fundamentals. And I check every single day before I go practice, like after we get off here, I go in front of a mirror and I check my posture and alignment every time because I always hate it 
when I would go see like Sonny or whoever I was working with at the time saying that my posture wasn't good or like my setup wasn't good. Then you have to go through that like five day period of where your setup just feels, just feels horrible, you know? So I made sure that's like a daily routine and, you know, making sure I have like, so I I honestly haven't really worried about my, my ball position or posture, but uh, I feel like alignment, you know, it just depends because um, I, I hit the ball, I work the ball a lot, and left to right, right to left. And so, like, you know, my feet are always moving around. But I always have an alignment stick down when I practice. And, you know, like, I'm just trying to – I really focus when I set, set up to the ball that my setup is is correct before, I, you know, I take it back. And But one thing I really struggle with is since I work the ball a lot, I don't really – I don't want to say really struggle with, but one thing I have been struggling with and it, and it has crept up my game a few times is once my draw starts getting good, my swing is just like, just kind of gets underneath and you know, my fade's not good. And so I like to err on the side of like hitting maybe a little bit more of a fade than in having my straw, my straw, my draw struggle. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. But, like right now, when I practice and I'm about to head out there soon, I'm gonna be hitting a bunch of fades because because you know I'm just I'm just I just get the club a little too uh, too underneath shoulders get a little too um, vertical on the way down, but that, I mean that's kind of the only thing I really struggle with. I hit the the ball relatively on the center most of the time, and it's just more about path and and face for me but it's, it's all feel, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, that's what it comes down to more than anything, just feeling out the shot, just going with your feels and like trusting them in that moment. Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, just trying to get your body to move the correct way. And like I said, um, I've been in and out of, of playing because either injury or I've been out of town and I was in Hawaii for a week and now I'm trying to get my game back. And, uh, you know, That's get rid tough. of this tendency. <laughs> yeah. Hawaii was, you would have, of all people, dude, you would have loved it. Maui is, it was made for David Wetterick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go check it out one day, man. Yeah, you should. I mean, Honolulu is like more touristy and, and more, more of a city. Maui is like all nature, you know. That's what I'm about, baby. Yeah, I'd still recommend Honolulu over Maui, but you would you would really love you really love Maui. But um but yeah, so uh I think it's I think it'd be cool if we talked about our, our golf games a little bit more, you know, what we're struggling with, what we're working on. But, yeah, let's um, make that happen in future episodes for sure. Yeah. But um do you have any would you rather's or do you want to get out of here? Um I'll throw a would you rather at at you for a bit. Okay. Would you rather have a side hill putt at Oakmont or like any fast green, like Springfield Country Club, side hill putt, like you got to play 20 feet of break. And if you don't play it high enough, it's falling off the face of the earth. Um, but you got to trust it and play it high enough. Or would you rather have a downhill 20-footer you got to tap, just barely breathe on to get to the hole? And if you just ever so slightly hit it too far, too hard, it's going six, seven, eight feet by. I don't like either of these. Um, I'd probably go downhill just because you don't have to read much break and – you can err on the side of not hitting it hard enough. Plus, when your comebacker is going to be relatively straight um, if you do miss it. But the side hill ones, man, like, is there anything worse than when you're just like, oh, fuck, I didn't hit that hard enough, and you just watch it curl all the way from, to, like, 20 feet out? You're like, all right, well, this is a good bogey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? At least, like, yeah. at least if, if you hit, run one by on the on the downhill, the – 
the putt back up is going to be straight. And you're like, all right, I'm just going to bang it up there. But I don't know. That literally just reminded me of a Monday qualifier I was playing in like five years ago. And it was a par five. And I hit a wedge to like four feet above the hole. And the greens were just ridiculous. And I just took a deep breath. Like I barely, I barely touched this putt and it lips out. And you know, like when it lips out, it catches, you know, picks up a little bit of speed and went about 45 feet by. I'm not kidding. It was, it was out of control. But ended up making double four putted, so that was a lot of fun. Four putted, four putted from four feet. I had a four footer, then I had about a forty footer, and then I had about a ten footer. Those terrifying. On like the second green back for the Ohio Am back in the day, like two thousand nine, I heard about this. I don't know I mean, if it was this bad in like 2019 when they had it there, but well, the issue yeah. with a bunch of old courses are like the old courses weren't meant to have green speeds at 12; they were meant to have green speeds at about eight, maybe nine. So yeah, when you get above the hole, especially at like Mac, like I mean, those greens are just ridiculous. But I remember when we would qualify at Cincinnati, there'd be two, if there was like a pin and a certain part in uh, at Traditions Country Club, we would just play auto two-putt because it's, it was just so ridiculous. Hmm. If the pin, you've played Traditions, right? Yeah. You I know remember number you eight. saying this. Yeah, you know number eight, the par three? Yeah, vaguely. Green's like really, really skinny, like the the highest point of the green is like right in the middle and that's also the skinniest part of the green and if you if you hit if the pin is back and you're probably you're, i mean the hole is like 215 yards so you're hitting like especially if it's back the the shortest club you're hitting if you're hitting it really well is probably a six iron but you're probably hitting a five, you know, and if you hit the green, it's going to roll off the back. And that's honestly the best play because then everything's uphill. But if you hit it like just short of the, of the pin, or if you hit it in the middle of the green or the front of the green, you're not keeping that ball on the green when you putt it, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe golf courses just need to fix the greens, especially traditions. And if you know anything about traditions and me, you know, I do not like that golf course. I know it's not a favor for UC golfers. Some, most. I don't know. There's a lot of people that do like it. Like, but man, the every class before me fucking hates it. <laughs> but now they're out at Coldstream, and you know they're living it up there, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. Most stuff. Yeah. Um, you got anything for me? You ready? Let's see. A would you rather for Dave? Um, okay, so <clears throat> I actually have a pretty good one. Would you actually would you actually would you rather <laughs> would you rather be in the rough and it's a really thick lie and you have the option of like trying to chip it out? Like you're like, I think I can get like a nine or eight iron on it, or you should just play it safe and kind of just like kind of roll it down the fairway. Or would you rather be in the trees and see a window or chip it out? Trees, see in the window, chip it out. So you'd rather have that option of like, all right, I think I can get it through there or chip it out. Yeah. Instead of being in the thick rock. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, I'd probably do the same. I think I'd do the same. It just depends on how far I have. I mean, obviously, if I have 200 yards, I'm chipping that out. But if I have like an eight eight or nine iron in my hand, I don't know. There's a lot of factors in golf, but I'd probably go with the window, and I'd probably try to hit the window like an idiot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) 
roll out roll out of there with a double and thinking like, man, I could have just I could have just chipped out and made pokey. <laughs> but it's the it's the enticement, you know. And then he it's the enticement and then if he goes and Oh. Yeah, no, like if you if you go for it and like complete it, like it's uh, to me, it's like calculated risk is what I yeah, you know. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's like being in the middle of par- fairway on a, on a par five, and you're like, I have a three wood in my hand, but it's a two sixty carry over the water. Mm-hmm. Am I gonna catch this one? You know, how am I hitting it that day? You know, like, you know, those days where when people talk about like, oh, you lay up on par fives, it's like, dude, I've, <laughs> I haven't hit the club face on one shot today. Like, why, why am I going to hit it now? Right. You know, I mean, that's just playing. Well, it doesn't mean you're going to go for it either. It could be a calculated risk that you say, nah, I'm going to chip out. Like, I'd just rather have that option than just being a thick rough. No, no, no. I'm, I was talking about like, I kind of changed the subject, but like if you're, oh. let's say you're like 270 out on a par five and it's a 260 carry for water. And, you know, the court, we'll say the course is soft so you can like hold the green. But like if, if you're playing in a tournament and you haven't hit a good shot all day, meaning like you haven't hit one like very solid all day, I wouldn't fucking go for that. You know? Mm hmm. I'd be like, all right, just give me a seven iron. I'll just I'll wedge it up there, try to make birdie that way. I think it's all dependent. I don't know. Well, like, I just got to be in this situation, you know, brother. <laughs> just put me in a situation on the side. Well, I'm putting you in the situation. No, you're not. I'm my cl- the club's not in my hands, and I have. Uh, I'm I'm verbally putting you in the situation where you I'm haven't hit the club face solid all. <laughs> All right. If I've if I've hit the shot before, I don't see why I'm not confident enough to pull it off again. I'm saying I'm saying this is right. I'm saying this is your 16th hole. You're let's say you're even par. You've been scraping it around all day. You know what? What's your move? Probably going for it. (laughs) All right. Well, like maybe maybe seem like a bit. Do it. Why not? No, I get that, but I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying this shot could, you know, it could, you know, ruin your momentum of. I've reached a point in my golf career where I don't really care anymore, Mike. <laughs> That's where I am right now. I've I've laid up. I've gone for it. I've experienced the I've experienced the highs of making it. I've experienced the lows of hitting the water. Um, I've laid up and it's gone well for me. I've laid up and it's gone bad for me. So, you know, like to me, like it doesn't matter. I love that. And no, that's I all that. I have to say about that. So that's why I go for it. If all I right, can. Well, if the you're honestly, up, then... you put a new perspective in, in it for me. Cause fuck it. I'm going for it now because I've gone through it. I've gone through everything as well. Yeah, baby. There's no laying up. Shout out. Let's get a dual podcast going soon. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Wow, that was All easy right. convincing too. All right, let's let's get out of here. Do you have anything to plug? Do you even have an Instagram anymore or do you just give I'm, up on that? No, I'm underground right now. I'm not gonna say anything. Um just support the cause, whatever we do, whether it's coach go- college golf teams, so Wittenberg golf. Dream catcher golf because that's still going on. We're not dead, um, <laughs> even though I haven't said anything about it. Like we're still, it's still happening. Still making moves with it. Just I'm human. We're all human, and let's just recognize that we're all just doing our best with what we got. <laughs> so that's I like that. It's yeah. funny. But you, um, you plug away, buddy. All right. Um. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok, Mike Wolf Golf. Um, I actually <clears throat> just became a cut clothing ambassador. That's uh, something I probably should have shared earlier. 
So I'm going to be repping all their stuff and I've been wearing their stuff for years now. So working with them is, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome because that's all I wear. And now I don't have to pay for their stuff, but if you do want some of their stuff and you don't want to pay full price, I do have a discount code. It's Mike Wolf golf and you can get that at cuts.com. So there's a little plug. Love it. Yeah. I'm going to have to get on that. Dude, they're, I uh, put on one of their golf shirts a few weeks ago for the first time. And, you know, golf shirts run for about, this is a whole freaking commercial, but golf shirts run about $90 for like Travis Matthew, Adidas, Nike, you know. If you go to a retail store, that's the price, but cuts is like 60 bucks. And I'm not kidding. It's, it's the best golf shirt I've ever put on by far. And I'm not saying that because I'm working with them. I'm saying I would, I would buy, I'd buy six of them right now and throw all my other ones away. Honestly. One for every day of the week. Well, there's seven days in a week, but yeah, kind of. I hear you. <laughs> so Mike does laundry on Sundays. I got it. Yep. Or whenever I'm in town, but uh, but yeah, I'm excited to to get back on with you again, and we're gonna try to make this a weekly thing. We're gonna get some more some more guests on, and and also follow us on Instagram at Traveling Athlete Pod. So we got that going. I'm gonna start doing my best posting every day. Love it. So yeah, so Dave, if you have any more videos, send them over. I will. I'll send you all sorts of them. Great. Even if it's you doing yoga. Deal. <laughs> but, all right, send man. everything and anything your way. Everything, anything. Uh, just just try to hold off on the nudes. You know, I don't really need those, but. Uh, I can't promise. <laughs> all right, man. All right, brother. I'll talk Take to you care. next week. You too, Peace. bro. We got to do it again, dude. Look the lens cap on.